0: Dr. Chris Crowley. Welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Brain, the podcast where we talk about all things aesthetics. Today we have a really fun topic to talk about beauty, nutrition, and fitness, and we have our very special guest, Matt Lane. Appreciate you guys having me. Here with Jerry.
1: And I'm Jerry Drinkard, family nurse practitioner and owner of Skin and Tonic, our med spa, Chris Known, in uh, Pace, Florida.
0: Yeah. So uh, Matt, we've known for a a while. And so been. I started working with Matt uh, at the hospital, actually, and the the ICU have worked with him from when he was a tech to a nurse and we've been a guest on your podcast, which has been really successful. And so we appreciate you now kind of uh, reciprocating and help us uh, with ours and coming out and being with us. So do you want to share with us your journey on how you went from just being a nurse to becoming a fitness uh, expert? Just, just being a nurse. Just a well, nurse.
2: Yes. But first and foremost, like I was on the way here and I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. I'm so happy for the both of you. Like, I, like. I never thought y'all would do this. This is incredible. Y'all have done an incredible job, seriously. You've made a fantastic show with the help of your awesome crew. So, yes, what did I do? Um, Started out of high school uh, at Sacred Heart, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, then um, stumbled into becoming a patient transporter, started out parking cars, and literally worked my way into the building. And then, um, honestly, I thought it was too dumb to even be in healthcare, and then I went to school and realized that I could do that and then got into the ICU that was my dream if I could do that that would be incredible have people's lives in your hands and work with incredible people and I saw how reactive we are in medicine and it crushed me. I mean the first six months of being a nurse I was crushed because of how reactive we are and that's not by fault of the nurses of the docs it's an entire system, but I had always been involved in, in fitness since I was about eighteen and probably younger than that, but um, what led me to fitness is actually a, a different route, but I could be so much more proactive as a trainer, and then I could impact people vastly more and I've been able to do that excellent so
0: uh, you know what really motivated you to other than wanting to be more proactive to, to start a whole fitness channel and a fitness company. And it's more than just personal training. I mean, you have your whole kind yeah. of...
2: I guess that does go back to why I actually got into fitness, which is a, I don't think it's a common one, but um, I was 19 years old and just oblivious to the world. And I was walking in parking lot in a into a store and I was on the phone with my dad, actually. I was in flip flops and 130 pounds soaking wet and got glasses on and, the bumper of a car is touching my knee before I even realize it, and um, they pull on through to the parking spot that they were trying to get to, but I had the phone up, couldn't see out of my peripheral vision, and uh, they said some colorful words to me, and I said some colorful words back, and then I was, again, 19 and naive and stupid, and low confidence. That was my big problem, and uh, we squared up in the street and just about got in a fist fight, and I realized I could have been killed. So a very weird story to get me into it, but the next day I got in the gym, and um, 15 years later, uh, it's just my absolute obsession. It's built me and made me um, to the man I am.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too when you talk about you know your your self confidence and yeah. kind of you know that that fits into a lot of what we do with aesthetics. So we talk about people just wanting to smooth wrinkles and and uh, you know fix uh, skin texture here and there. But it really a lot of what we do is impacting our clients, our patients, their self confidence because we know if we can make them more confident, they, they typically do better in life overall. Yeah, and it ties in with fitness. So you know we we've had several people that we've talked to over the, the different episodes, but um, we don't, you know, we're terrible at fitness stuff in general. We are, but I, th- I think one of the things
1: that when you're, t- you're talking about confidence and we're, you're talking about beauty, and I think it, it kind of all starts from within, truly does build on your confidence that you, you, you demonstrate to people. And so we have people commonly come in just to fix a wrinkle. And the more we talk to them, we realize that that wrinkle is not something much deeper than that. We see it a lot. We we talk about sexual health is one of the common things that we talk about. And so once you start at diving into a problem, you do realize that it starts at a core. yeah. And so I think um, physical fitness and health starts on the inside and then ends up, we can take care of, we can kind of polish you up a little bit on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. But we need people like you that are much better than we are at doing the the internal, you know, fixing of of these problems.
2: Well, don't shoot yourselves down so much. I mean, I've seen y'all in the past do a lot with your own fitness, though. Like, I remember, I mean, you lost quite a bit of, like, you've shredded down just using nutrition. Yeah. And, you know, I know, like, I know for you, Chris, like, you really focused in on trying to get some sort of healthy routine for yourself because of, you know, how much work you've done. So.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I'm just saying. I know that it's a struggle for, uh, for a lot of us. And so I try to, you know, when I, we talk to our clients about it, I'm like, this is what you need to do. Right. But I'm going to be perfectly honest. This is not something that comes easy for me. Right. Like, it, it's not something that a lifestyle that... Um, I've ever particularly enjoyed. So sure. some people feel passionate about it, and they almost get like a high or endorphins from working out. It, yeah, you yeah. yeah, perfect example. I get it. Yeah. But for me, I've never, no matter right. how much I've done, I don't get that rush from it. So it's, a, I have to force myself to do it. It's more of a necessity. Sure. And I do realize the benefits from it when I stick to it on a routine basis, in terms of my overall the way that I feel. But even at, at that point, it's something that it's hard to get motivated and do. But um, I, I think there really is a connection between you know fitness, health, and happiness, and, and it's, it's more than just the aesthetic. Look,
2: how do you coach your clients on attaining all of those? It's such an interesting question, and I'm gonna I will answer that question. I'm not running from it, but I want to ask you both the question: Is there a difference between happiness and joy? Because I've I've been asked that question many times. I don't have a perfect answer. I think I do have an answer, but I'll shut up and let you talk. Is there a difference? I
1: don't know that there's a perfect answer, but I think um, I think a lot of things that don't necessarily bring you happiness can bring you joy.? Okay. That goes back way back to the beginning of my nursing career and hospice. In hospice, I saw a lot of people lose people that they truly love, but when they saw people weren't hurting anymore, then there was a sense of joy for yeah, that. that so I think that it's, a, it's you can certainly draw a line of, of what's happiness and what's joy. I think the simple answer is yeah, they're the same. Yeah. but
0: I think it can be a lot deeper than that. I don't think they're the same either, and I think that um, maybe I'm wrong in oversimplifying it, but to me, happiness is a very superficial. Joy is something that comes from deeper with them. That's the way, if you ask me the difference in those two, because I was like, there's a lot of things that can make me happy. I can go and have my, uh, you know, Skittles gummy, and that's gonna make me happy, right? I, I love it, the sugar high, I love, you know, that makes me happy. Does that bring me joy in my life? Probably not that much. And over the long term, that's obviously gonna cause other problems that I'm gonna have to deal with. So anyway, I don't know that that's also, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, I say, but I, I separate, right I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but that's the way that I see that. Yeah, what about you now?
2: I, I, I think it's totally subjective. I, I think that, uh, I mean, your definition of happiness, your definition, def- everybody's definition's gonna be different. If it's the same, something's wrong. And I think that that is a common misconception for a lot of people is that there is one definition for happiness. I also think the definition of happiness can evolve with time. Being 89 years old as compared to being 15, I think it's a difference in your level of happiness. All that to say, I think joy is ultimately a symptom of happiness. And typically I view it as joy is more in the moment, happiness is more of a macro view. All that to say, happiness I truly believe is what Anyone and everyone, it's, it's rare that I use absolutes, but anyone and everyone is what they're ultimately after with fitness, with wellness. And I say happiness because it might not be viewed as that. Maybe it is, I wanna improve my confidence. Maybe I just wanna look good naked, but there's some shade of happiness in there for, for everyone. I, I, was, I was in pain. I'll go that far to say I was in pain that I felt weak, I was unconfident, I could have literally died. And for me, fitness was, it was a route to be able to attain something that was ultimately bringing me happiness, so.
0: Yeah, and I think even happiness, in terms of, I think you're right. I mean, I never thought of it in those terms. But even if it's not something that that is in that moment, so or something that's so objective that we can say, yeah, you look great. We can, you know, see those biceps. But we, you know, more look at fitness in terms of I want to be able to, you know, go outside and play with my grandkids on the the swings when I'm 70 years old, right? I mean, that's a, another reason that we would you know, try to, to be fit, to stay healthy so we can do that. So I guess there is some kind of goal, and most of that revolves around something that makes us happy, something that brings us joy. Yeah. Either one of those, For sure. either way that For you want to sure. look at it, otherwise we wouldn't be doing those things. Yeah. So I think it's a really good uh, point. So... Can you talk a little bit about behavioral changes and how uh, we have to to look at that then? So we we were talking about happiness, right? And so because you you deal with people like me, you've actually helped me, you know, personally a while back, we worked on some things. And for me, it wasn't so much, yes, there were things, you know, I wanted to, to look better at the beach, better when we went on vacation. So that was kind of the immediate goal, but really... For me, the motivation uh, was the accountability. Yeah, Having somebody that held me accountable and said, hey, what did you do this week? And the fact that I was going to have to tell you that I failed at something I said I was going to do was a bigger motivational factor for me than the... Happiness that I would get from looking better as a result of what we're doing. So I'm just curious, what other behavioral, uh, you know, motivational factors you use to get people to change?
2: So taking it back, when I started out in fitness, I, I got started with bodybuilding, very classic. Let's just look bigger and leaner and better. And I learned that that was not necessarily a health route. So the more I was into health care, I was like, huh. So I looked for more of that. I guess you would call a holistic approach and. Everything I've ever learned or I guess had success in has always required some sort of behavior change So that that I actually got that sub certification just like a doctor can be a cardiologist and you know A nurse can be this type of nurse trainers can do the same thing So that's where I specialize in ultimately what I always tell clients is if you're asking yourself Can I pick this up like should I do this? Is it sustainable? Could you see yourself doing this a year from now six months from now three years from now if you say no then chances are that's probably not the right route for you. I think presenting multiple routes to people and letting them know that it's not this rigid path, it's not this I go to the gym six days a week for an hour, hour and a half, I have to eat nothing but chicken breasts and lettuce. Opening the perspective to let you know like fitness is also subjective. Like I don't, I don't wanna make it seem like it's all marshmallows and you know rainbows but there has to be work that's done. It's not, I'm not saying it has to be easy, but it has to be your route. Some people like riding a bicycle, some people like lifting weights, some people like dancing. I had a client that lost 120 pounds and a majority of that was from playing hockey. Uh, so finding the route that's working for you is going to continue to do it, continue you to do it, and then ultimately you're not gonna be miserable when you're doing it.
1: I think the, the, the path to achieve health in that sense or the people's aesthetic goals which we talk about oftentimes is just that it, you have to find something that works for for that person or it, or they're not going to stick to it. and we've seen that. I'm sure you've seen it like, I mean, you've seen it with me, but I'm sure you've, you've seen that. But we also see it, you know, in our, in the clinic, where if you if you set a goal that's not attainable or set a goal that doesn't fit someone's budget or doesn't fit someone's time schedule, or there are a lot of factors. And especially when we're adults, you know, when you're 18 and got into bodybuilding, you had a lot less responsibility of than course. you do today. Of course. And so your path then was a lot different than what it would be today. Absolutely. And so I think it's, it's real important and probably the nurse part of you comes out and caring about people and helping to to mold them in a direction that they can achieve it and,
2: and comfortably maintain it as well. Beautifully put. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of your future goals with Matt Lane Fitness? <laughs> so when I was in the ICU I left the ICU and went to hospice. So I went to the exact opposite end of the spectrum. And you've seen that. You've seen, you know, for some people we, we just literally keep them alive. And you get to go to the other side and you see the peace. So I say all that to say, I was super fortunate to see that perspective. And I just continued to ask myself, why aren't we as proactive as we should be? And one of, the, one of the sub-goals that I, I want to do is I want to start a wellness clinic that encompasses licensed massage therapists. You see a nurse practitioner, let's get your blood work done. Yes, let's check your hormones. Um, let's have a trainer, let's have a registered dietitian. Basically everything under one roof if you're looking for fitness wellness. I don't know why it's not more common, common of a thing. Maybe it's just in this area, but that would be incredible. Um, that's, that's my sub-goal. Long-term goal, I want to be able to say that I've worked with as many people as I possibly can. If I'll put an arbitrary number on it, I'll say five million people, just because that seems like a lofty goal. Work with them in whatever fashion that means, one-on-one or through, I guess, uh, I, I have different things in what I do with people, one-on-one, and then I have more things that just buy a program and you know, be gone, or the book, or whatever, so.
0: That's cool. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, uh, it's good to have have those lofty goals. And I think, um, you know, one of the things when you talk about why we don't have more of those type of clinics, right? I wonder the same thing, but, you know, my personal thought, and I don't know your feelings on this, is I think it's um, a lot finances, right? I mean, that's expensive. So, I mean, I think a lot of... Our clients, I know when they come in, they're on a budget and so they're having to allocate these things. And so um, our, our society in general is not really focused on wellness and prevention. We're, as you said, in the ICU, we're really focused on fixing problems when they arise. And so I, I would love to see that we have more of a shift towards yeah. prevention and wellness and uh, you know, a state of health than a state of illness that we're constantly trying to exactly. fix problems exactly. after they arrive. And I think the finances, none of our insurances are designed around that. True. So, right? That. I mean, so a lot of these things that you talk about are cash paying. Our business is sure. cash paying. So, sure. patients want to come in for some of these things. Granted, it's a little different. I mean, we're doing more aesthetics than, than fitness and wellness. But all the things that you just mentioned would be things that are uh, mostly out of pocket. And so, I think that's a big barrier that we need to figure out as a society how and to help people overcome that.
2: You hit the nail on the head because you know as well as I know, and correct me if this statistic is wrong because it's probably a really old statistic, but I remember being told. That just sitting in an ICU bed before anyone touches you is $10,000. So, when we're talking about the price of this and the cost of that, I fully agree. So, how do you do that? Like, how could you possibly get insurance on board? Because insurance is, they're notorious for not wanting to pay. It's a business. I totally get it. But you know, something like silver sneakers, which is, you know, typically geriatric population that they pay for you to be able to go to a gym. They co- they cover that because they know they're going to keep them more active, potentially less falls, potentially less hospitalizations. It's there. But you're right. As a society, we haven't adopted it. And that, that's a big problem.
0: We just haven't prioritized it, right? It like, I, you know, I'm nearly 50 and that's not something that's been prioritized in my whole life. Sure. So I know that if, you know, we were to have children, that would not have been a message that I would have prioritize tested them because I didn't see sure. it, and so I think people are becoming more aware of it. And I think you know your age group and and younger for sure. I believe there's a little more discussion now, yep. um, and I think some of that's region dependent. I think yep. obviously in we're in the the South and a lot of the areas here we still don't focus a lot on diet and exercise or healthy lifestyles, versus when I travel you know up to the Northeast or you know Chicago, some of the bigger cities you will see more of the services and the type of things that you're talking about okay. and you will see a little bit more focus on that. So hopefully that's something that we will see kind of uh, increase in popularity. Yeah. yeah. So I know that you have something you want to show us and get our reaction. Yes, it's a I do. It's a
2: surprise. So, all right, I am notorious for, I'm a, like, I'm a guy's guy when it comes to skincare and all that. And now that I'm finally in my 30s, I'm like, I should probably take a look at it. My wife's very good about it and she's actually come to you guys and. Like yeah, maybe we a, we
0: love Jenna as well. Jenna is Matt's wife, and yes. Je,
2: yeah, we. She should have come out and hung out with I, us I too. I agree with you. So, yeah, love you, babe. Thank you, and I'm calling you out for this. So, for me, it has to be simple. Like, I can't do a really complicated, I'd, I'd rather just look ugly, to be honest. So, I was <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to take this. You, and you I, can't have a body I, like that, <laughs> and so you would rather just be ugly. That is not,
0: that, that's not congruent. Well, thank you. You guys, well, if you're you. not, if you're just listening to us, uh, you'll have to turn on YouTube and see see Matt's arms and then hear him
2: say, I'll just be ugly. So, you'll see. Well, I'm 26 pounds up right now. We'll, we'll see. So, I was like, all right, I wonder how horrified they're going to be when I pull out these products, because... Okay, I'd to say it. So is this good or bad? I just use this for my face. I use it every morning and every night. And you know you can't hurt my feelings. You just tell me.
1: You know I'm 15. I can't read that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your glasses
0: there. We just ask you to take them off because of the blue light. Okay, glasses. so it's
2: Olay Regenerous. Olay Regeneres Multi-Sculpting sculpting Cream with Sunscreen Broad Spectrum SPF 30.
0: Okay, so first of all, I love it. Just right there off the bat, you're doing something with a daily sunscreen in it. And so products in general, I tell people, so we obviously um, carry product lines in our office and and we believe in those products. We use those products. We carry the uh, Zeo line and the Elastin line of products, but there are a lot of great skincare lines out there on the market now. And so when people ask us about skincare, I'm like, if something is working for you, if you're not breaking out from it, if you're not getting worse, then there's no need that you have to come and buy the product from us. We would love for you to buy our products. We believe in them. But obviously there's a lot of other good things. So kind of the basis of what I think that, uh, you know, we all need at any age is uh, some kind of good cleanser, moisturizer, and sunscreen. right? Daily sunscreen, and I believe that that's a misconception. People just think they need sunscreen if they're going to the beach or if they're hanging out at the creek, but they don't think about it every day. And just every day out and about, going to the grocery store, things like that, especially in this area, we get a lot of sun exposure, which is gonna really accelerate photo aging, which is one of the biggest things that we deal with in aesthetics. So the fact that you're using something with an SPF in it daily, I love it. I think one of the things that I
1: like so much is that he said daily, mm-hmm. and so just like with fitness, the consistency of fitness, whether it's a small amount of fitness or a large amount of fitness, the consistency, yeah. and so consistently moisturizing, consistently having your your face clean, and consistently sunscreen, okay. and so. Oh.
0: You
2: got another product. Kept it yeah, I did. So I got a gigantic tattoo, um, not eh, not even a year ago, and uh, so. I don't even know, like, I know y'all know about tattoo removal, because yes. I that's something I've done So, I'm Matt, trying to Matt, let
0: me just stop right please, there a little please. bit. Matt was one of our first tattoo removal clients years and years ago, and since he brought it up, I wasn't gonna bring it up, he brought it up, and we um, we were pretty new into doing it at that time as well. But well, he let me had clarify. some of the. Uh, I'm not
2: saying it was operator error. I'm just saying it was painful as hell. Just no, no, but I'm,
0: I, what I'm saying is it was painful. But we were new enough. We didn't have a lot of extra analgesic options. Oh
2: God! Right? Okay, and So, so was your fault. Now we
0: use laughing gas. Now we do other things because we know that I tattoo removal waited. is painful. You should have waited. Yeah. <laughs> we have other options now. It's much better now. <laughs> it's
2: much better now. I actually have a few videos. Of, uh, I still have it on my YouTube channel of y'all actually doing the treatments okay we have we have to go back <laughs> and look at that because yeah. that was pretty we'll have to funny put a link in yeah.
0: there yeah. No, we'll have to put a link in there okay. to, to okay, for okay, people I'll, to see that I'll be
2: sure to send it <laughs> yep. so what do you have here so this is just for my tattoo i just tried to get the highest spf that i could find and um ultimately my my wife uh got it oh no i take that back another reason i like this is because one of the reasons i don't like lotion is because it's just if it makes me oily <laughs> i'm not gonna wear it Um, this feels so dry and I love it, so Neutrogena Ultra Sheer Dry Touch Sunscreen 45
0: same thing. Great, as if it works for you and you're using it, that's the key. Some people like a dry spray. Some people like a more moisturized, oily feel. I think the key with it is if you're gonna, if you like the way it feels on your skin and you're gonna wear it. Okay. Because if it's something that makes you feel sticky or oily, and that's something that you just hate, and you're not gonna do it, it's just like fitness. Then it does no good to sit on your shelf. That's so true. I think you know, in general, something for me, I don't like having to rub anything in. I know it's not great for the environment but I'm much more compliant if I can have a spray. So if I'm going to go out and I can spray it on quickly and reapply it but it, you know again there are other concerns with that. Yeah. But the fact that you're compliant and putting something on is the the best part of that. And I think a, a good SPF. The other thing that I that, that I want to mention about that is it's we do talk about daily use, but it's also the frequent reapplication. And so if you're out in the sun, it usually is not gonna last you all day. So if you're getting in and out of the ocean, if you're sweating, if you're swimming and all those things, you do need it to reapply it. And, and, and so even if you love it and it's great, then reapply it if you need to. Got it.
1: I was so afraid that you were about to bring out St. Ives apricot scrub.
2: I just knew that's where this was going.
1: <laughs> we both like I, I just, I we just both used it for
0: years, it. and we see we know that it can be like rough on your skin I and cause like micro tears. I heard it's not a great thing, but yeah. um, but we both loved the way it made our skin feel. So before we knew better, we were like scrubbing away every
2: day. Yeah, I used to use it too, and I like rub part of my nose off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can yeah I do. think
1: we've all probably done a pretty aggressive dermabrasion. With, <laughs> yeah. with, I'm not even going to say microdermabrasion with Saint Ives at some point.
0: So, so, do you have any other final questions for Matt?
1: No, oh, I just think it's really impressive to the the journey that that you've been on and continue on, and have like went from parking cars at the hospital to now you could carry your car at the hospital. But, <laughs> um, but just to to see how you've like kind of gone through all sorts of pathways in healthcare yeah. and kind of figured out where you want to go with it you know and so i think um, i think healthcare can be something that's very rewarding and i think it can be something also that's very depressing so absolutely it's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive to see somebody that comes out of it with a positive image
0: so i appreciate positive that positive image positive attitude right i mean right. still has hope that there's something uh, positive for people in the future. It's not just all oh, this system is broken. There's nothing we can do about Correct. it. Correct. So any final uh, words or thoughts from you,
2: Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I wanna um, I wanna lob one thing at you. I don't know if anybody's asked you this or not. Is there a pet peeve that you'd be willing to tell us all about skincare in general? Is there any so for me, uh, in, in fitness wellness, and no offense to anybody out there, but Detox teas or detox cleanses or whatever—complete horseshit. Is there anything like that for y'all that you're like, I just—it just makes me want to crawl up the wall. I'm trying to think. You see, mine? I couldn't tell if they wanted to be diplomatic with this or if I was putting them on the spot, but I do not really care. and yeah. no. no. yeah, we don't care. Yeah there's, <laughs> yeah, there's there's
1: there's no rules here. So, I'll say probably under eye serum, and we'll probably under get under eye serum. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. But, really? um But and we we ha- we sell it because yeah. we have patients that love it. Exactly and it's an expensive product, and I think that a good product doesn't have to be specific to an under eye area, and so I think it's a, a brilliant marketing piece okay. that I hate that I didn't come up with on my own, but I think it's
0: crap, <laughs> so that, that's, that's mine, okay. and we sell a fair huh. amount of it. Huh. So. I mean, patients love it, and, and so, I mean, I'm definitely not going to um, you know, if they love it and it works for them, it'll it goes back to, come, to what I told have you. to come off of our inventory now because
1: nobody yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, I do agree with Jerry. Like, I, I mean, the, the eye creams in general. But some people do swear by them and do love them, and they're a little bit more. But, you know, good for them. I kind of agree with you on that. But that's not, uh, you know, I don't think that's my pet peeve. My pet peeve is um, when, you know, people come in and they... Um, I guess unrealistic expectations. Got it. And so they will come in, and they've seen something. I think social media is great for so many things, but I think it also has its downsides. And we actually did a whole podcast it was a great, episode great on that episode, um, and how that it changes the lens in which we view the world, and it changes how we look at ourselves. And people filter themselves so much. So when they come in, and they basically pull out their phone and they have a filtered image and they wanna look exactly like the filter. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we can achieve some of this, but you know, none of us were designed to be perfect like we see through the right. filters. And so I think, to me, the pet peeve is gonna be the um, unrealistic expectations that um, people get from filters on social media. Yeah. That makes, okay. that makes sense. Well, thank you so much. I, I mean, I can't tell you how much that so we both appreciate this. It's been great having you on and uh, maybe we'll get you back again for something more fun in the future.
2: Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Again, I'm, I'm so happy and I'm really proud of both of you because you, you both have put a, so much work in and I don't know if you've taken a s- step back to realize how much you both have grown in your own business. Um, so it's incredible.
0: Yeah, you actually kind of put us on this podcast journey, whether you know I it know. or not, right? Whether you know it or not, you did. And so, you know, Matt had, gave us a lot of ideas to start with. Um, we, You've done a phenomenal job when you did yours and with your whole Matt Lane Fitness. But, um, you know, you like filmed it, edited, produced everything on your own and we realized really quickly when we were trying to embark on this journey that that was way too much for us. Smart. So when we looked at like where do we have to you know uh, divide our efforts, thank God we have Sierra and we have Danny. So Danny is our uh, videographer, our editor, our <laughs> producer been, really. I've Danny does everything. Crushing it. Yeah, so he does a great, so we have a, a team of people and so um, kudos to you for doing all that on your own because we now realize I, I had no clue what it took to, right. to a little later
1: even coming out than what we planned intentionally because we we sat at a table and we started it and we were what 20 minutes in and we're like this is awful yeah we can't cannot
0: put this out why it
1: was just bad all it was
0: i mean i think people they'll see some of the images you may even see them so we did so just the vision right and and we all have a an idea of the product that we want to put out into the world where it's kind of our creativity And um, when we first started doing it, like we thought we wanted the big microphones and the headphones and all the things that looks like a podcast like we see. And so we did it at the office and then we looked at it and I'm like, I don't know, it looks like we should be on ESPN. And I couldn't (laughs) even tell you a basketball team from a football team, right? It's like, I don't know the sports and we look like a sports caster. So it just was not the look, the image. And I'm like, so then we kind of, I was like, we can't do it. It just wasn't it didn't look right, it didn't feel right, it wasn't us. And I'm like, yeah, we can force our way through this, but if we're not comfortable with it, it's not gonna work. And then we moved and we you know, got help, we got Danny, we said we're gonna kinda have this go a different route. And um, even that, the first few episodes, if you, you know, kind of watch them, the background's different, the setup was different, our, what we thought we wanted, it just wasn't. And, and we're, so we're progressing,
2: we're learning as we go. Some people never realize what you just said, and they have a really shitty show, and that's not what you have. So, <laughs> I mean, being able to see that vision, that's, that is an art, that really is. And, and we invite uh, every patient that comes in
1: that says, oh, I enjoyed the podcast, or I watched the podcast, fortunately we have a relationship with our patients where sometimes they're brutally honest, which is so nice because we get some of the most constructive criticism and compliments as well. But some of the most constructive criticism has made some of the changes that that have helped us. Yeah, we love that
0: because I think people try to be polite. They don't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, we're putting all this effort into trying to make a great show that we want people to watch and learn and listen. And, uh, so the only way we know to change is through that feedback. So we do, we do appreciate it when they're honest with us and so, yeah, they're brutally honest sometimes, but we love it. so, so keep it coming, keep it coming, (laughs) keep that feedback coming. Okay. Everybody. Um, again, we really enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back with you uh, next week for another interesting topic on beauty and the brain.